Hi, and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. This is Marianna. And Elizabeth. Hi. Hi. And hey, guess what? We have a special guest today. Yay. Who's our special guest? Mary Hudson. Me. Awesome. Hi, Mary Hudson. How are you? Great. Great. Can you tell us why and how you're here? Yeah. Those are really deep questions. <laughs> Not in the world, but here, <laughs> podcasting with us today. Um, I wrote a play, and you wanted me to talk about it. Yes. yes. Awesome. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your play. Well, also, don't tell us who you are. Are you related to any of the people? Yes. Uh, in what way? Marianna is my stepmom. There you go. Yeah. So you're on summer break. We're just hanging out. Yep. Your so, sister is? Sleeping. Sleeping. <laughs> Your brother is with my dad. With dad, yeah. <laughs> and so, so you've you're just, got you're just hanging out. Yep. Awesome. But she is well, a, she is an, a published author now. <laughs> well, but so so you wrote a play. But how old are you? I'm eight. You're eight, and you wrote a play. That's awesome. <laughs> so maybe is tell. That, oh, sorry. No, I know all about it. You asked the question. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask if it's your first play. Yes, it is. Yes. Cool. And you published it? Yes. Wow. So is it available anywhere? Like I could go find it and buy this play? No, we just did a soft release. I see, I see. It's an internal release, but it has been performed. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, tell us about it. What is this play about? Well, it's about germs, and uh -huh. um, it's about these two kids. It's like, it's kind of like a musical, actually. It's like, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It sounds really cool. But the hard thing about a musical is you don't only have to write the words that people say, the dialogue. You also have to write the, write the songs. Yes, yeah, the song. So it's actually two kinds of writing in one. So it started. So it, it's a musical. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Oh. So how did it start? Do you remember? What was the inspiration? Um. Well, we were changing sheets. Mariana said something, and she was like, "There could, there could be like ticks, or <laughs> I just said there <laughs> could be dust mites, or you know." Yeah. Some places you go, like hotels, sometimes have bed bugs, so you have to change your sheets. And then I said there could be ticks, and then Laura Cooper was like, tacks or toes, and I'm like, we've <laughs> Not those kinds. <laughs> no, but it kind of sounds good to have tic-tac-toes, you know, ta-ta-ta. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was kind of a lyric that came to you first. Yeah. Then you just expanded that out. And so we had some time because we were at Grandma's house, Ami's house, <laughs> and so we were coming back here, and so we took the time in the car, like an hour and a half, two hours, Yeah. did some writing. Yeah. What do you think? I'm impressed. So what's the name of this play? It's, we named, I did not, I was not thinking well, so we just named it Germ Play. Germ Play? Yep. Okay. That's awesome. Is it all one word? Like germ play, or is it like two words? It's germ like two way. Okay. Two words. How long did it take you to write? Wait, did you said you you wrote it when you were on the way home yes. from 
Okay. Well, that's wow. why it started. We got to the first dialogue. Wait, no, you wrote the introduction. Mm-hmm. Then we worked on the first dialogue, and the f- <laughs> she's now performing it. If you could see her, she's doing the dan- <laughs> dance moves to it. I wish I could see her. We should have a video feed sometimes. Oh, maybe we'll release a short video intro of the germ play. That would be great. That would be fun. And then the next morning we picked it back up. Yeah. Yeah. And well, then it happened that uh, your other grandparents came. Came. And it was a perfect opportunity to try to perform it. So we did. So this germ play, it kind of, it's like a public service announcement, right? Because you're like telling people. Do you know what a public service announcement is? Not really. <laughs> okay, it's um, something that gets announced in order to provide good information for health, for information. Wellness. Or... Wellness, yeah. So it is, and she she commented that also it might be good to actually perform in schools. Yeah. Because the setting is a school. <laughs> yeah. So are you going to perform it at your school next year? Nope. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you totally should. Why not? <laughs> Talent show. <laughs> no. Totally. No. Okay, but tell her a couple of your favorite lines and what character you get to play. Tell us a little bit about that character. Um... Well, um, the know-it-all. What's her name? <laughs> You're, uh, are you having trouble remembering yeah. that? Well, tell us a little bit about what she... Okay, so there are these two characters. Which is Janet and who? I can't remember her name. It doesn't matter, though. Just tell us about the characters, like their personalities. Um, well... I am kind of the, well, I'm kind of the know-it-all, <laughs> and then uh-huh. Mariana is kind of just learning everything. Well, she was my kid, too. We had kid one and kid two. Oh. Um. So what did you have to teach me in the play? Like, we we did, like, wash your hands. Yeah, because what did I try to do? Oh, uh, gosh. Remember, I coughed on my hand. Oh, yeah. At the beginning, you coughed on your hand. And then I said... (laughs) You want a high five? I wanted a high five after I coughed in my hand. Yeah. And then the next one was about wash your fruit. No. Yeah. No, the next one... That was the last one. Next one was about... No. Yes. All right. (laughs) Um, The next one was about wash your fruit. Right. And your food. And your food, yeah. Before you, like, start fixing it and everything like that. Or eating so, it. Yeah. So why? Like, well, we said in the play, think about how many hands, like, touched it. Oh, yeah. Like, the farmers, the people who bag it, the producers, all that stuff. That's yeah. a lot of people. And, do you and remember- what if one of them didn't wash their hands? Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. So, kid one is the one who doesn't get this at all. <laughs> doesn't even know germs exist in the world. And is just trying to give kid two a high five. <laughs> right? Yes. But you use really big words in the play, too. 
you're telling kid one about the germs and you say they're so small you can barely see them? Like, uh... <laughs> um, like... Met- Almost, you got it. Come on. Microscopic. Microscopic. Micros- That's right. Yeah. There Because kid one looks at his or her hand and is like, I don't see any germs. What are you talking about? I'm like, they're microscopic. Yeah. That's why kid two gets pegged as a know-it-all. <laughs> I see. And so then we were thinking about, do you know any... So Elizabeth worked with young adult literature for a long time. So we were thinking, yes. do you know of any other characters that are kind of know-it-alls in books and different things? Um, You mean besides Hermione? Oh, oh, that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> she is a know-it-all. Do you think maybe your character was inspired by her? Might have been. You've been watching and reading the coolest. a lot. Of, yeah, you've been watching and reading a lot of Harry Potter. Oh yeah. So we should also discuss. Um, anything else you want to say about the germ play? Not really. Not really. Well, congratulations on your first publication. Thank you. <laughs> You better get started writing your next one. That's what everybody says to people who just publish something. They're like, okay, what are you going to do next? Oh, that's a good question. What are you going to do next? Uh... <laughs> and that's the right answer. <laughs> I have no idea. So Elizabeth is working on a book, but she also just published a short story mm-hmm. in a yep. compilation of, of short stories. And she went to a conference in Nashville, and they were able to sell them. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome to see yourself in print, I think. See your name right there? Would you like to see that someday? Yeah. What? (laughs) She's looking at the books on the bookshelf like, huh, yeah, Harrelson. That would be a good (laughs) one on there. It sure would, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It's a good thing that you know Mariana then, because she could help you with that. Oh, yeah. She helped a lot. Uh-huh. So, uh, should we transfer our conversations to Harry Potter? Right. Want to? <laughs> yeah, because we just I finished. always the... do. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth always wants to talk about Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay, so we just finished watching the movies and went back and watched the first movie. Well, I like to watch 8-1, 8-1, 8-1. 8-1, 8-1, back and forth. Wow. We were talking about how much the characters changed. Oh, yeah. A lot. Uh Uh-huh. And we were wondering if they changed in the ways that we thought they were going to change, but then we got a little distracted because we couldn't remember how we thought they were going to change because we just remembered how they were. Does that make sense? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So can you remember reading or watching the movies for the first time and your impressions of the characters? Who is this question directed to? To at? you, Harry oh, Potter expert. <laughs> um, a Harry Potter, a Harry Potter apprentice over here. <laughs> She's so. Learning. My first experience with Harry Potter, I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw the first movie before I started reading the books. Uh, yeah. Pretty sure that's how that went. And. I don't remember what my, I think I was like so enthralled with the world and like how amazing it was to think about like all the secret ways that there could be a magical world within a the real world that like 
I got distracted by that. Um, but I do remember thinking that Harry was really, really young yeah, <laughs> to be like, like dealing baby. with the responsibility that he had to deal with. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and we have this debate a lot because your little sister asked the question sometimes when we're watching Harry Potter. Well, magic's not real, is it? Mm-hmm. Is this fiction or nonfiction? <laughs> it's like, it's like, it can be fiction and it can be nonfiction. I like that. Pretty much it's fiction though, right? Yeah. It's a novel. Yeah. J.K. Rowling made it up. But then we talked about that there is some magic that you can find in the world sometimes if you look hard enough. Mm, I'm not <laughs> sure about that. She's not sure about it. Her scientific mind. <laughs> That's takes right. Over. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, there's these other books that I liked to read um, by this author named Mary Stewart. She wrote um, books about like King Arthur and Merlin. Do you know who Merlin is, Mary Hudson? Um, I don't think I do. So Merlin, Merlin is a famous wizard. Um, do you know who King Arthur is? No. Nah. I don't right, I'm gonna have to speak to your parents yeah. <laughs> about that because um, King Arthur is a really cool legend, um, and about this king who like reigned in in Britain for a really long time, um, and. There's lots of different stories about him and his life, but one of the things that is, like, the biggest stories about him is that he had this advisor who was a wizard named Merlin, and um, in the books by Mary Stewart that I like to read, um, she she tells the story of Merlin, and she gets, like, really technical about it, and um, she talks about it in the kind of way that makes you think that maybe it could have been real, which is so cool I love it when books do that um, but like one of the ways that she does that is by explaining how like a lot of the things that Merlin did that people thought were magic were actually science that he just was really good at engineering and physics and nobody else had any idea what any of that meant or what it looked like or how to do it and so they thought he was making magic and it was cool yeah, so, so so we have a magic kick, and also sometimes Daddy shows us some of his old experiments, and it's kind of the same thing. Yes. <laughs> you know how it works, but other people don't. Yeah. I think that's the way all magic is right now. If you were to go see a magician right now, yeah, you might think something he was doing was magic, but it's just because he's not telling you what the trick is. Yeah. That's right. I mean, <laughs> just like people... But it's funny because when you see these things... If you don't have the scientific explanation, then you make up other reasons. For instance, we were talking about the rainbow that we saw arched over our house. And we were, you know, we know the scientific reason that rainbows occur. But some people just explain that rainbows occur when you need a little hope or a little joy in the world. Mm. So it has a scientific meaning, but it also has this other meaning to people, too. Yep. So that's interesting. But we definitely need to read some more fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah. Because, you know, um, I don't know if you know this kid's show, Sophia the First. No, I don't. But it's set in a time where there's a king, and the king has an advisor, and the advisor is a wizard or a sorcerer. They got that from King Arthur. Yes, and Merlin shows up. Uh Uh-huh. 
Yeah. I don't know. She might not be remembering it. But, okay, so we were wondering also, have you heard of this Harry Potter play? What? Yeah, the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're just learning about it. So are we way behind? You're way behind. Yeah, <sighs> sorry. <laughs> we're way behind. Well, I mean, we're just catching up on the Harry Potter movies and books that came out when I was in middle school. That's how well, old they are. <laughs> so the yeah, play's been me. running for... Um, it just started running this year, um, but it's about it's about the Harry Potter universe when Harry is much much older. So, like all of the characters are much much older; they're not kids anymore. Right. So, kind of like, can we say this at the? Is it too? Is it too late for spoilers? <laughs> no, I, I think we can talk about the the, the end of the it, end right? of. Yes. Movie number eight. But it, it kind of connects back to that add-on to sort of, the end of yes. number eight. <laughs> we'll say that, and that's all we'll yes. say. Yes. If there are other people like us who are just making it through Harry Potter. So we've also heard that perhaps there's a, there's a trilogy called Fantastic Beasts. Yes. Um, those are movies. I don't think she has oh, not books, books of those. Mm-mm. Are they already out? Uh, the first one? Hang on. I'm going to look it up for oh, you. Oh, yeah. Fantastic Beast. Here it is from her Twitter account. Fantastic Beast will be three movies. I think I just substituted right. books by accident. November 18th. Fantastic oh, this year. This the year? First one. Oh, <laughs> we can't, we're not behind on that. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then that's going to be it's one story. And then, but she's divided into three movies, so she's just written screenplays. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. You have to wait for the trilogy. Mary Hudson was just referencing the fact that she gets into something. And then it, like, becomes popular. Yeah. Again, there's a resurgence of it. <laughs> like, what were you referencing besides Harry Potter? Star Wars. Just That's happened right. with Star Wars. Like, big time. <laughs> Well, but that could be a good thing, too, right? Because that means that, like, you get more stories. Like, when you're into something and it's super cool, but, like, nobody's ever heard of it, then you you don't usually get more of it. And that's kind of sad. Yeah, that's true. That's a good way to look at it. So we've heard about Ray's training for the new movie. Uh Uh-huh. super intense. And we've also heard... You haven't checked your email. No. It's so... You've got to check your email. Okay, so here's the other thing that we heard in an article. That her hairstyle is Mm -hmm. so secret that she can't post any pictures with her hair right now. What? What? Yes. (laughs) What is that even about? I don't know. We don't know. It was on Instagram, (laughs) and you could just only see from her chin down. And so we don't know if it's... Something that they're kind of just making up to make people want to go see the next movie and talk about Ray's hair, or if it really is going to be something different. Because in the first movie, Ray's hair was... Normal. Like, mostly pulled back. I don't even remember it being down. So, there's some people who think that when she takes it down, something... She looks like somebody. She looks like somebody. Right? Or something (laughs) like that. That's but funny. Can they just keep her hairstyle the same? Yeah, put a swim cap on her or something. <laughs> and take a picture. You know, put a hat on her. <laughs> I mean, if she was 
not a girl character would we even be having this discussion. That's a good point. Would we like, be talking about boys' hair? Probably not. No. So I think that that is distracting from the awesomeness that is Ray, but that's just my opinion. Well, and maybe people who are just trying to get something started, get people interested in talking about Star Wars again. Because you know what everybody is talking about right now. Harry Potter, right? Yeah? Ish? No, what do we see in the park? Oh, the Pokemon game. (laughs) Have you asked Elizabeth if she's played it? Have you played it? I downloaded it this morning because I wanted to get Pikachu. And so then I went and got Pikachu. And so we were at the park yesterday. And there was a big group of teenagers meeting up. Yeah? Were they going to look for Pokemon? Probably. Oh, they were. <laughs> and they were running away from a dagger sword? I don't know. Yeah. Something. Something about that. Somebody <laughs> was getting chased by something. Uh, Daddy almost dropped his phone over the neighbor's fence, catching the... <laughs> what? I don't know. Uh, a... Eevee. Eevee. I think. Yeah. <laughs> It was only a matter of time before smartphones figured out how to make live-action role-play into a thing for smartphones. So, good on Nintendo for doing it. But I I love that, like, everybody is out there chasing Pokemons. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) It's a good thing to all be together in in a pursuit, right? I mean, as long as you don't run into traffic. Well, somebody has to run into it's, well, somebody was running into the road, but it was just around the park, so we thought they were probably okay. But we have heard of businesses who say they can't, like, you can't come in and just chase a Pokemon and not buy something. Because huh. they had, do you remember Daddy was telling us? People just going in and out of stores. Yeah, going in and out around. of stores. Yeah, That's funny. But it does seem to be, it's risen to, okay, so they're like 3% of the population are users of Pokemon. Uh-huh. Right now in the world, 3.5% are on Twitter. But this is this has happened in Pokemon Go over the course of four days. And in Twitter, <laughs> it took, what, six years. years, seven years before it got yeah. to this percentage. Oh, my gosh. But, so, Mary Hudson, how many Pokemons do you have? Well, it's kind of my dad playing it more than me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mary Hudson doesn't have a device she can play it on right now. I see. I see. She doesn't have a... She has a Chromebook that she uses. Yeah. But you can't do that on a Chromebook. Can you imagine? (laughs) With your laptop all over the place. That'd be distracting. Yeah. But now... um, But the other thing you've just tried is Google Cardboard. Yes. That was fun. (laughs) What did you like better? That was with Wizards, too, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a wizard game that he put on there. Have you heard of Google Cardboard? I have because I watched a TED Talk where they were, like, showing it. So which did you like better, Pokemon Go or Google Cardboard? Google Cardboard, definitely. Why? I don't know. It. I think, it, I think it's just better. Like, I don't know. It is it because like, everything else is blocked out? Yes, everything else is blocked out. Like, you're just looking at your phone so you can see everything so you're not distracted. I mean, like, you're really in the world because you have these blinders on. Like, they put on horses. Yes. Like fly mask. Fly mask, yeah. Fly mask. Fly mask. <laughs> you have no I have no idea about horses. You could talk to Elizabeth about horses. Actually, tell her. I live on a farm, actually. In Nashville. You do? Yes. 
So Mary Hudson is learning to ride horses. That's pretty cool. And lead them. Yep. And clean up after them. Yep. So Elizabeth rides horses, too. Cool. I do. Yeah. Um, Do you, what kind of saddle do you use? Is it a Western saddle or an English saddle? Um, We actually have a Mexican saddle and something and something. That's cool. So you go on, like, trail rides or you ride around an arena? Well, we actually only live on, like, two acres, Uh but... Um, sometimes we do just get on the horses for fun and walk around in the neighborhood, actually. That's have, really cool. Yeah, they have, like, a hiking trail back behind their mom's house. Yeah. But you're also riding in circles, learning, teaching the horses, because they haven't been ridden in a long time. Well, actually, we just got a new horse that we can ride. That's already trained. Mm-hmm. But we wow. had to give one up for him. You had to do a swap out. So tell Elizabeth how you got these horses. Well, they were at this other property down the street somewhere. Um, And they were like, I think there were five horses. Um, And the woman who used to live there died. And she had like seven at that time. They put two down. And the five were left running around. So, um, uh, either they would have to be put down, these two, or, yeah, I think that was the only option. So Because they were given to... Alberto, which is the guy who gave us the Mexican saddle, which, he's Mexican. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... He takes care of the horses. Yeah, and he had taken care of the horses for years at this other property. Like, 16 years. Wow. So he, he was given the horses in the lady's will. Yeah. But he didn't have any place to put them. No. So, not quite sure how they found us. Actually, I think the... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um... So, something, somehow, we get two horses. <laughs> wow. Wow. And and Alberto is still helping you yeah, tend still, to him. Yeah. And learn how to care for him and those kinds of things. Yeah. But we do have a real horse trainer now coming to our house. So that's good. Hmm. That's super he's, cool. Yeah, he's more not a trainer, but a, yeah, a just, care yeah. giver for the horses. Yeah. Yeah, so now she's learning how to ride, how to lead. Is that right? Am yeah. I, using, I don't know. And she's teaching me all of these... Um, <laughs> words that I I don't know. What tell her what you just saw. What? Oh, the horse's feet being trimmed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you think of that? It was pretty cool. Yeah. And the name of the person who came farrier. in the farrier. <laughs> right. I called it a fairer. <laughs> no. That's close, but not completely. Hey, maybe your next play could be about a horse. Could be. Hmm. Not a bad you idea. Should, it's, I wonder if the musical War Horse is running anywhere still. You guys could go see that. Oh, there's a musical? Mm-hmm. It won a bunch of awards a couple years ago. We might have to check that out. You definitely should. Although, uh, spoiler alert, it's a little sad. Um, Netflix has a lot of horse movies that we've kind of been working our way through. They're mostly oh, yeah. sad. Yeah. Do you do you want recommendations for horse movies? Yes. Because I happen to love horse movies. 
Excellent. Um, okay. And so my favorites are the Black Stallion. Do we have we watched that one? No. no the Black Stallion. It's the old, old, the old one. Um. Uh, who did that? And I, I can tell you who did that. Um. Francis Ford Coppola. He shot it, and it was a beautiful, beautiful film and really great story. Um, and actually, it's a really good book too. There's a whole series of books by Walter Farley um, about the Black Stallion, and I loved them when I was a kid. Read them like crazy. Um, there's also Hidalgo. Have you guys heard of that one? No. Hidalgo. Uh, Viggo Mortensen is in that, who plays Aragorn in the. Um, Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, yeah. Um, but that one is about um, an endurance race um, with a horse named Hidalgo, and it's a really cool movie, too. And then um, I don't know if you can find on Netflix a video of this, but you can look on YouTube, I think, and find a bunch of videos. But there's this thing called Cavalia. Oh, yeah, you showed me this. Uh-huh, and Cavalia is super cool. It's like um, and, dancing with horses? Yeah, it's like Cirque du Soleil with horses, yeah. It's cool. So, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, we'll have to show you We'll have to show you some. You did go somewhere where you saw, not horse riders, but... Wh- are they called horse riders when they stand one foot on? Um, that... One foot on the saddle, you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's a stunt rider. Yeah, a stunt yeah, rider. Yeah, stunt rider. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I thought it was trick writer, but that too. Oh, yeah, same you, thing. Yeah, same thing. Okay. Yeah, so um, you did go see something like that, didn't you? No, I oh. just like to do it for fun in the barn. <laughs> oh, you just pretend. Yeah. I thought you were doing it based on something you had seen. Nope. Nope. Oh, it looks like they made a movie out of that warhorse movie. So I'm gonna put that on your um thing here, and then I'm thinking because there's more. I know there's more. There's tons more. There's my friend Flicka which I watched when I was a kid, too. That's an old movie, like old school. Um, we like old movies, don't we? Yeah. E.T. E. Nah, it wasn't my favorite. I like Echo. <laughs> yeah, we just watched Echo, too. Have you ever seen that? Right to Echo? No. It's a no. lot, I think. It's, like the, it's supposed to be the modern-day E.T. E. Yeah. Oh, cool. You should, you should watch it. It's filmed in first person. It's really good. It's really good. I might have cried. I might have cried a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me too. It's okay. It happens. <laughs> These are good suggestions. Oh uh, yeah, I have more suggestions too. I just like am kind of fuzzy brained right now. I'm not coming up with them, so I'll email you a whole bunch of a whole list because I have a list. Right. But that's at least enough to get you started. Those are my favorite ones. Well, do you? Do you want to tell her what you're reading right now, since we're talking about books? Mm, what am I reading? What am I reading again? <laughs> Seriously? You just put it down. Oh, Baby Mouse! Yes! Have you ever read Baby Mouse? No, I have not. Oh, come on. Oh, come on! Okay, tell her what it is. Uh, it's about this Baby Mouse, and... About this mouse named Baby Mouse? Yes. Uh, it's like... I'm reading right now Camp Baby Mouse. It's like the series of like what Baby Mouse does and at school with Baby Mouse and all that cool stuff. And what type of book is it? It is a comic book. Yeah, or a graphic Some, novel. Yeah, something One like of the two. 
but it uses only three colors. Pink, nice. black, and gray. No, green. White. White. Yeah. Gray. Green. Something. <laughs> Something. Black, <laughs> white, and pink. And green and gray sometimes. What? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh, I'm, I'm behind <laughs> on my baby mouse. I need to get caught up. It's funny. And baby mouse's favorite response is typical. <laughs> <laughs> She that does, sounds she gets, awesome. Yeah, she gets into some mischief. Mm-hmm. She gets herself into trouble. Anything else? So would you recommend it? Mm, yeah. The series, yeah. 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 There's lots of books, so there's like lots of them. Yeah, because we were just talking about it, that it's a series, but you don't have to read the one before in order oh, to that's read not that. Bad. You know yeah. what I mean? I just Maybe it's called a serial. I read them out of order. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I it's not like Harry like, Potter where you... Have to have to read, read them in order. Uh huh. Like that. Yep. Well, thanks for being on. Do you want to keep being on, or do you want to go do something <laughs> else now? <laughs> you want to go check on your little brother for me? Okay. I hear him kind of crying. All right. Thanks for talking with us. Thanks. Ooh. Yeah, it was awesome. We can't hear, wait to hear about your next play. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's going to be the horse play. Could be. Could be. Maybe we'll have to candy. read some horse books and write and uh, watch the movie so we get the genre. Yeah. We'll see Definitely. you next time. <laughs> see you next time. Bye. Bye, Hudson. <laughs> so what else have you been up to? Um, I have been hard at work revising. Yeah? On your own book? Yes. All right. Yes. Because it's July, so it's Camp Nano, and I'm going to have this thing revised by the end of this month. And that's, like, a true statement this time. Like, where before I've been saying I'm going to have it done by this time or whatever. Like, this time I I really feel like it's moving along. So, like, and how can I explain that? Um, it, it took a really long time for me to take all of the, the raw materials that I had created over the past few nanos and put them in the right order. Right, Um, right, right, right. And I think I expected that that process was going to go a lot more simply and easily than it did. And so I got stressed out by it. And so I ran away from it instead of like pushing into it. (laughs) Um, But now that that is done and I'm actually like, I'm doing another pass through to like make everything fit together the way that I want it to um, it's going much faster and I'm like oh hey I need this kind of scene right here and look I did that kind of scene right there that's what I, that's why I put it there so it it's feeling good that's interesting because you're giving me hope because what I have right now is actually I know I don't I don't use Scrivener like I should and I will after this but sometimes uh-huh. you get so in the middle of the process that you've created that you can't revert you know you just have Uh to kind of go forward but I have a running document of what was my first like my first run through of the narrative and now what I have is I have these scenes that are coming to me based on the kind of major topic of my book that I've left out and so I have the second document that's called scenes of that I'm working on getting them back in Mm -hmm. because I know they go in there somewhere does that make sense right Yep. No, yeah. I have 
um, when I went through the first time, there was a lot of stuff that I was like, no, 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 no. I just have to like cut this out. And so I like would cut and paste into a different document and yes, just kind of leave it to go. one side. And then now I'm like, if it's not already there, I'm like, I know I have this somewhere because I remember seeing it. And so then I just go hunt through until I find it and put it back in. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, so. that's one of the things that I actually am enjoying about the revision process because it's really a lot like a puzzle. Yes. Yes. So, but like I'm, I'm past the part where it's just a whole bunch of pieces that are like laying there, you know, like, you know, when you first, I don't know how I do you know, do a puzzle. That's where I am. That's where I, am. I don't know how you do a puzzle, but when I do a puzzle, I'm not even sure I take I found the corners, the box, I dump it out. And then I sit there and stare at it and I'm like, how in the world am I going to make all of this go together? And so then like you have to, you have to find the corners and you have to put those aside and then you have to find all the edge pieces and you have to put those aside and then you like figure out the pieces that are of a certain color or a certain texture and you put those into like their own group. And like it's not, for me, it's not until I start doing that that I can start putting the pieces together. But, um, and I enjoy doing that with a, with a, an actual puzzle with the book, I was not enjoying that part of the process. I was really kind of stressed out by it because I think I doubted myself that I had everything that I needed. I was afraid that there would be pieces missing and that I wouldn't know how to make them fit. And that's actually not been the case now that I have everything kind of organized. I'm like, Oh, okay. This part is fun where I'm like, look, these two pieces go together. Let's put them together. <laughs> Yeah, so. and I think that's interesting because once you find the corners, then you find the edge. And once right. you find the edge, then you just have the middle to fill, fill in. And that makes a big difference on finding the border that goes around the whole thing. And I think for me, those are the themes that I was leaving out. You know, I was mm. telling part of the story, but I was telling the part of the story that I wanted to tell, not the part of the story that really makes it interesting and relevant to readers. You know, mm -hmm. I was trying to tell a happy story. <laughs> Yeah. Instead of telling a, a real authentic story. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think I have felt the same with that, um, except that I wrote a couple of hard scenes that I knew were going to have to go in there before I started putting this all back together. But now that I'm putting it all back together, there are a couple places that I've hit so far. Like yesterday, I spent three hours at... Um, the Crepeville restaurant in Davis with um, my writing group and we were just sitting there working on our stuff. Um, right in, yay. Um, but so like, you know, I hit uh, like 11.45 and I hit a spot in the manuscript where I was like, eh, okay, I think I'm done, you know, because I don't want to do this next part right now. Maybe I'll just skip over it and go to something else. And then I was like, no, I have another hour to sit here. And this is when I have to work on this. There's no, like, I can wait until later to do this anymore. Like, this is the pass where it goes in. So I, like, had to sit there and make myself, like, create the transitional part. Or I forget exactly what it was. I don't think it was even transition. But I had to create the the scene that went in that place. Even though I was like, I really don't want to do this part because it's not as fun as the other parts where I'm like, no, 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 actually, it's fine. I can do this and it'll be fine. So... And that's what it is. It's pushing through. Yes. But I think when you, like you've said, when you find those corners, then you know how far you have to push. Right. And so you have some kind of um, 
parameters that you can operate in. So it's not like this undefined project anymore. You know, once you found the corners, you're like, wait a second, this might actually turn into a puzzle, a picture that everybody can understand what it is. It might not just be this gobbledygook. <laughs> that's yeah. All these pieces all over the place that are these scenes or these dialogues that come to me, like it might actually make sense. Exactly. And that, I mean, that's an exciting place to be. So hearing what's the next phase, since I'm in this like PC phase <laughs> where it's all, all just like spread out on the table. Yeah. Okay. Find the corners. Okay. That's good. I can have a productive, uh, mantra to work on the project with. Exactly. Well, and then, I mean, I don't know about you either on this, but I suspect you're a lot like me in this um, way of like, when you get to that next phase, like after you get through this painful phase, the next phase is actually kind of enjoyable. Right. And the reason I know that you'll enjoy it is because you're an editor. Yes. <laughs> you know? And I've seen it happen for other people. So to exactly. be able to experience it myself is going to be really fun. You're an editor and it's your wheelhouse and this time it will be your story. And so you're going to be like, oh, look, oh my gosh, I can do this. And, it's and gonna then I'm going to get to the format and I'm going to be like, I don't have to ask anybody. I get to, <laughs> I get to determine margins and font and everything. I still need to I still need to learn how to do that, but I look forward to learning how to do that. So You'll like it, too, because you yeah. can already see it in your head. You just need to know practically how to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, been, a, it's been an adventure working on this project, and I think um, I've learned a lot so far, and so, like, it's going to be good. I submitted three chapters of it for my critique group to read and offer feedback so that's we're on our way I mean that's serious business (laughs) I know nobody I mean I think I let like Noah read it at one stage a while ago the first part that I'm submitting to this the critique group but it's so different now that I'm like and he was like, I can't believe you have something that's this close to being ready for publication. And I'm like, um, it's still really far <laughs> from being ready for publication. But it but, is um, closer than it's ever been. Now it's closer than it's ever been. But back then I was like, oh, my gosh, please don't ask me to push publish right now because it's so not ready. But um, So yeah. what you're doing is kind of a soft release, just like Mary Hudson did with her germ play to exactly. a, a nice, <laughs> encouraging audience. Exactly. Well, and I'm hoping that the critique group will um, have really good feedback for me. So I think I already know what my areas of weakness are. um, So I'll be interested to see if they um, point those out for me. Um, If they if they see the same areas of weakness as I do. That's awesome. Yeah. So in the midst of all this revising, have you had any time to read? Um, I started, or I'm, I'm working on Rising Strong. I think I may have mentioned that last time. So like, that's what I've been chipping through recently. Um, when I get up in the mornings. Um, and I think, where was I? I was somewhere not too long ago. Oh, (laughs) I was, um, at the tennis courts with Noah and Leslie and I had been playing, but I was tired of playing, um, and grouchy because I'm not very good at tennis. So I was like, forget this, I'm done. And I went to sit down and wait for them to play another round. Um, and, uh, while they were doing that, I was like, well, I have my phone, what's on my phone to read. And I have, um, a copy of Fragile Things by Neil Gaiman on there. So I was reading some of that. Ooh, I don't know if I've read that. 
it's a compilation of short stories of his. Um, so, and the one I'm reading right now is actually a Sherlock Holmes story. So I'm kind of in my all my little fandoms with that between imagining Benedict Cumberbatch and yeah. <laughs> reading Neil Gaiman at the same time. You know, it's quite fun. <laughs> why would you imagine anyone else as Sherlock? I know, right? <laughs> there is no one else. <laughs> oh, we could talk about that for a while, but let's, let's not get distracted. So, so I'm, yeah. I'm reading this um, book by Mark Nepo. Have you heard of him? No. He, oh, he is a cancer survivor and writes about how he has struggled to find healing and faith and hope and all of that in the midst of um, his chemo treatment, watching his friends die, and those kinds of things. So I'm reading it, his book called Inside the Miracle, Enduring Suffering and Approaching Wholeness. Cool. Yeah. You can put the titles in there. Yeah. That's cool. (laughs) I, um... I have a list of other things to read, too, but most of them are not books, although I have a couple books, too, um, that I'm, like, shoving into my reading list because I feel a need for them because that's how my reading list goes. If I don't know how other people's reading lists go, but when I hear of a book that I like, then I'll add it to my list. I'm like, okay, I want to read that, or I'll put it on top of my pile if somebody gives it to me. I'm like, oh, I'd really like to read that now. Um, But then sometimes, like, things get supplanted because other things become more important. Um, And so, like, I have right now a really long list of articles that I need to read um, that are about racism in America because that's a big deal for me right now something I really want to be listening to reading to hearing voices talking about so have you read between the world and me no um by I gotta look it up I know his name Coates is his last name but you know he won the book award the national book award yes yes that's the one I most recently read but I've got a lot more reading to do about it too especially in light of this last week so I think it's I think it's interesting that you know Pokemon Go kind of comes after all of this hurt and this suffering and unites the world in what some would say is a useless task. But somebody one of my friends told me this. She said, "I think when you encounter suffering in the world like we've encountered, there are two approaches you can take. You can be a healer and work towards healing or you can be an artist and create something." And I think this is what the people of Pokemon Go did they created something that were mm-hmm. you know was bringing people together and sure you might think creating video games is an art but i kind of think it is <laughs> <laughs> and so in in light of that you know i get this renewed hope as an artist of you know maybe my words are important maybe they do matter and maybe they will mean something to someone Yeah, the thing is, like, they're going to mean something to someone somewhere. And even if what it does is take their mind off of the pain that they're going through for a while, that's important. So That's a worthwhile goal, too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we keep doing it, right? That's why we keep showing up. That's why we encourage kids and we encourage those communities that we're in to keep doing this, to keep creating something and recreating. Because... That's how we're going to survive, I think. Yep. Yep. 
And, you know, I mean, that's not to say that you don't, like, deal with hard things in, maybe not in Pokemon right now, but, like, you know, in other types of fiction, even even Harry Potter, you know, deals with um, some kinds of racism and things like that. And in her yeah. most recent stuff, actually, she's doing it really badly, but, um, but in the original series, she was doing pretty well um, with that. So it's, like, it's... There's at least um, doors you can open for conversation with people that fiction, like, gives you access to those where um, where maybe, like, having to look it in the face in real life is just too difficult and too painful, too yeah. triggering. Exactly. So. And so that's what we do, why we do what we do. So we now have a Facebook group that you can join. If you'd like to get in, just let us know. We have uh, ways that you can contact us. How can people contact you if they want to get into this creative world? I know that you are the um, ML. Is that right? ML, yes, for um, Nano. A Nano, but perhaps there's somebody who doesn't know about Nano and needs to know about it. How could they find out about it? You can contact me on um, on the web. You can find me at uh, www.writingrefinery.com. You can also find me at um, elizabethkaufman.com, both places. Um, and one is my author website, the Elizabeth Kaufman one is in Writing Refinery is my editing website. Then you can find me on Facebook, um, at Writing Refinery, on Twitter, on Pinterest, on Goodreads at Writing Refinery. Um, and, you know, ask me questions about nano if you want to, or, um, or about racism or, um, about, um, anything book related. I'm happy to talk to people about books and writing. Yeah, and if you want to know more about publishing, about how to take the next level, if you want to talk about formatting, how I make the decisions I make when we're putting a book together for Harrelson Press, feel free to contact me, harrelsonpress.com, at Harrelson Press on Twitter, and Harrelson Press on Facebook. You can also find me at my personal website, mariana.net, or at Mariana Neely on Twitter. I'm still with my maiden name on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. there. We love to talk. Yes. If it's not obvious. Um, and I also, I love to talk even more via text message because I just locked myself out of my phone, disabled <laughs> my my new iPhone, um, and it's taken me until 3.30 to get back in to everything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because I forgot my passcode. You silly girl. I know. I know. And I thought I'd figured it out without Sam's help. I uh, he was checking in, and I was like, I figured this out by myself, yes. And then I did it again. <laughs> Which means it's pro I didn't probably sign back in afterwards. Yeah. So perhaps one of my characters will have a similar frustrating experience. <laughs> and then we can talk about um, using technology in fiction. We need to talk about that, because I was, I've actually, I'm just working on a... Um, with an author about that, about mm -hmm. when do you want to set this? Because you're referencing something that happened in 1980. Mm -hmm. uh, in particular, with phones, actually. So maybe that can be our topic of our show next week. That sounds good to me. Because if you do include technology, then you're going to outdate your manuscript to a certain extent, which isn't necessarily bad. But No, it's not. But you just have to be like completely and utterly aware of what you're doing. Yeah, let's do that next week. Cool. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.